Listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. We hope everybody is enjoying their Labor Day and Labor Day weekend. Hope you guys had some fun at the barbecues you guys went to and, and stayed safe, made good, smart decisions. And, you know, it's Labor Day. A lot of people have off from work, but that's something we're not doing. We're not taking a day off from the Nick State of Mind podcast. We're here and we're going to, uh, you know, talk a lot about Christoph Rzingis today. Um, and where we're going to start off with the show is the reports that came out about last week that supposedly with Rzingis skipping out on his exit meeting, uh, it wasn't just all that he was upset with Phil Jackson as first reported. Supposedly now he was a little upset with Jeff Hornacek. Felt like Jeff Hornacek was tough on him at times. Um, there's even some reports saying that uh, Jeff Hornacek would go to Billy Hearn Gomez and tell tell him to tell Przingis to stop playing soft. Now soft is not the word that Hornacek used. It's another word to describe a cat. But again, we're trying to keep this a family show, so um, we'll clean that up just just a little bit. But Chip, uh, what do you think of this? Do you do you think that it's a bad thing that Hornacek is being hard on Porzingis? I don't think it's a bad thing that he's being hard on Porzingis. First of all, in regards to the report, I, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent buying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Berman from the New York Post. Uh, Post reported that uh, a source, an NBA source familiar with the situation stated it's doubtful Hornacek was Porzingis' reason for missing the meeting. So I still think it was Phil that caused him to skip the meeting. With that said, I do believe that Hornacek would say something like uh, stop playing like a (laughs) you-know-what. Because, you know, he's old school, you know, he was coached by Jerry Sloan with the Utah Jazz, who's, and he uh, was an assistant on Jerry Sloan, too. He's, that's how he came up. He came up in that era. So he probably doesn't really consider that that big a deal. And if Porzingis had his feathers ruffled by that, I mean, I don't consider that big a deal. I mean, he's 22 years old. He could use a little uh, criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been the reason I don't have a problem with it is he was crowned a king after that rookie year, pretty much, by the fans and the media. And, you know, he I like him a lot, but, you know, he averaged 14 points a game on 42% shooting. And he was already the savior of the franchise. So he could use a little constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing that we have a coach who's willing to do that. And I, I've seen... You know, on social media and, you know, if you read some of these articles on ESPN, people commenting on it, talking about how this is another reason why Jeff Hornacek should be fired, blah, blah, blah. 
First of all, oh, Jeff Hornacek is a hundred percent right in this situation. I mean, and it, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, I mean, every little thing. Just because Porzingis is the uh, the star player, that doesn't mean you give him any criticism. Absolutely not. And I agree with Hornacek a hundred percent because you know the word I used is that he plays soft. And I think as much as I like Porzingis, man, I want to see him become more of a, a monster. You know, and I will say. This year, I did see a little bit more of that fight from Przingis. Um and, and the examples I can use is how many times do you watch a game and you see that somebody's pushing Przingis after a play or, or bumping him, trying to get into his head, and especially in his rookie year, which I understand he's just a rookie, but you know he kind of just sat there and, and took it. Um, you know, and I will say last year I saw more fight. In him, um, there was a situation against Phoenix. Um, I'm forgetting the guy's first name. I know his last name is Chris. Um, that's probably not too helpful there, but uh, there was a situation where he got into it with him and threw him down to the ground. Um, and I, I loved seeing that. I loved seeing that kind of fight and that fire in Persingas because if you guys remember the game that I'm talking about, after that incident, Przingis went off and just started balling out, and somehow the Knicks still, I think, lost mm-hmm. that game by like a point. But um, you know that that got him going, and I think what Hornacek wants to see is him be more aggressive out there, be more. You know, I'm the biggest, baddest man on the floor. I don't think that when I think of Kristoff Przingis. You know, I think the complete opposite of that. Um, and I think what Hornacek wants is for him to play big. Be big. Be strong. Don't take anybody pushing you, bumping you. You know, give it back to them. Be tough out there. Uh, I think of somebody like DeMarcus Cousins. You know, why is he so good? Well, other than this, uh, the fact that he's just an amazing, skillful player, he's a little intimidating out there. I mean, guy that gets technicals, a lot of fire, plays with a lot of emotion. He ain't afraid to bang with somebody. Um you know, I use Shaquille O'Neal, and I know Przingis is never going to be that kind of that player, but Shaq, you know, you didn't push around Shaq. Shaq pushed you around. So I want to see Przingis at least uh, basically push people around, be a bully out there. And I think that's what Hornacek is trying to get him to, to do, especially by going to somebody like uh, Heron Gomez, who's close friends with uh, Przingis and, and try to get him to be that guy. Do, would you agree with that, Chip? Would you want to see Przingis take more of that "I'm the baddest guy on the floor" kind of attitude? Because right now, I don't, I don't think about that with Przingis. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that right now he definitely has, still, even with how much he improved, you know, he, his point per game jumped up big time this past year. He had a huge sophomore year. Uh, I think he still carries that stereotypical kind of international soft label based on what you just said. And because, you know, he's, he's seven foot three and he took over 300, uh, three point shots last year, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like Brooke Lopez where, you know, Brooke Lopez took a ton of threes, but Brooke Lopez also goes down to the post and beats the crap out of him yep. for a lot of the games too. Yep. Christoph Sporzingis doesn't have that kind of big body where he can do that. Um, and, you know, it, I'm not sure he's ever going to be able to do things like that. But, you know, Dirk Davitsky doesn't really beat the crap out of guys. But 
and we've talked about Chris House working with Dirk mm-hmm. in the past, but he doesn't beat guys with that. He beats guys with finesse down on the block, mm-hmm. which is what Chris House is going to need to learn how to do. And if we really want him to become more than just a guy who takes over 300 threes game, which is when Hornacek says things like that, naturally people on social media are going to be like, oh, Hornacek thinks he's taking too many threes. He wants to get him down low to bang, which is natural conclusion. Uh, yeah, I think that's what he needs to do. He needs to, it all goes back to Kristaps needs to work on that post game, doesn't yep. it? I mean, yep. that's, that's what it all comes back to. And I, I think like something you said, Dirk Davinsky is not a guy that sits there and bangs all day, you know, has more of that finesse yeah. post game. But I think a difference mm-hmm. is players out there on the floor know Dirk Davinsky is a legend. That's somebody that you just you don't want to mess with because he's going to embarrass you. He can do it in a different way. Uh, I, I think there's teams and players that certainly test Przingis. And I think, you know, somebody like Draymond Green, Every time Perzingis has faced Draymond Green, you go back and look at those numbers. They're horrible. It's horrendous. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green abuses them. Why? Because he bodies them up. He's physical with them. If you're Perzingis, you can't let that happen. I mean, Draymond Green, what, six foot, seven, eight, whatever, maybe even shorter. I don't know. But you're seven foot three. You shouldn't let somebody like that bully you around. You got to play big. Don't just be seven foot three out there. Play big. And. That is what I think the Knicks and, and uh, Coach Jeff Hornacek want to see Przingis play as. I think, again, I think teams are pushing him, bumping him, and, and I think that certainly does wear him down because he's not the biggest body. But it's also that they're you know, trying to intimidate him a little bit. You know, you see some of that at the, like, you know, a whistle, a foul or something. Somebody comes over and gives a bump. And too many times, I, I've seen it, Personally, and I don't think Perzingis really does anything about it. Uh, I want to see more fire. Don't let anybody touch you. Be that nasty guy on the floor. So at times, I think Perzingis definitely does play soft. And I agree with what Jeff Hornacek criticizes him for. And again, I'm talking about uh, what I've seen. A lot of people who just look for any reason to say Hornacek needs to go. But look, Jeff Hornacek is 100% right here. That's the kind of player that Przingis needs to be. Those kinds of players are the ones that are stars at the at the NBA level, and that's what he's trying to get him to do. And sometimes you see coaches do things like this to try to get the, the best out of their players, get them to another level. So if Przingis is upset about this, part of it is like what you said, Chip, he's young. I mean, he's only going to be 22 years old this year. Um, you know, when you get called – what Hornacek says that he plays like, um, it does hurt a little bit. I, I understand that, especially when you're young. You kind of get your feelings hurt a little bit. But, look, you're in a grown man league. You're in the NBA. You, you really don't have time for feelings, and, and you got to get over it and show the coach that you're not that. You're not going to play like that. So that is something that I, I definitely want to see Przingis you know, yeah. do better and another at. thing, though, Oh, no, sorry, buddy. Go ahead. You go ahead. I'm, I'm, I finished up the point. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, just one more thing. That another reason to play in the post, you know, he's going to get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He's an 80% free throw shooter for his career, and he gets to the line fewer than four times a game. You know, he should be getting to the line five or six times yep. a game. 
Uh, he needs to get to the free throw line more, and he's not going to get to the free throw line if he takes five threes a game. He'll get to the free throw line much more if he bangs around, if he goes down the post. I mean, Knicks fans know we watched Brook Lopez a lot over the years. I mean, he just gets to the line at will when yep. he's down the post. He just has that one little move where he doesn't even do anything basketball related. He just flicks his arms up in the air and they give him a foul call. Mm-hmm. So if you go down in the post, eventually you're going to get a foul. So Chris has a good free throw shooter. He should. That's a way to get to the free throw line. Yeah, and, and again, if you're thinking, why is the head coach calling out the best player, the, the, the future of the franchise, he's doing the right thing here. He's trying to get the most out of them. This is something that coaches do uh, to fire him up. And look, I think Przingis definitely needs to respond and play like a monster this year um and with that being said we are going to wrap up this segment but when we come back we're going to talk more about Christoph Przingis because he talked about being an all-star player next year so Chip and I are going to discuss whether we believe that he can be on the NBA all-star roster so we'll be back in just a moment Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. We're going to talk about Perzingis and the comments that he's he's made about being an all-star. There was an Instagram post of him uh, talking about how he has high goals for himself in this upcoming season. And, you know, he's somebody that's played in All-Star Weekend for the uh, World and U.S. game, which is basically the rookie and sophomore challenge now. Um, so he's he has been a part of All-Star Weekend, but he wants to play in the big game. That's everybody's goal, that game that's on Sunday with the best players. So, Chip, do you think your three for Przingis, can he – make a big jump and make the Eastern Conference all-star roster? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, just based on how weak the Eastern Conference got over Mm -hmm. the offseason, I don't think there's going to be that many guys that are better than him. Look at who left. I mean, Jimmy Butler left, Paul George left, Paul Millsap left. Those are three guys who are all ahead of him. And now his team is about to walk out the door too, Carmelo Anthony. So, there's not going to be a lot of guys who are ahead of him. I mean, who's Kevin Love? Is Kevin, Kevin Love. Love better than him? I mean, he could if he has a huge year, I could see him getting being a starter even. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he could end up on like a terrible team, which they're going to be terrible. Yep. It's not crazy to think that he averages like 23, 25 points or something like that. So I think he's definitely going to be an all-star. In the you know weaker East, and but it all as always with you know guys who have injury problems that uh, you also need to be concerned about the health. So it all it depends on the health, and I think they'll be cautious with them. But uh, at this point, I would say it's I would bet he will be an All Star next year. Yeah, I think yeah, like you said, with all the players that have gone, I, I think his chances have certainly jumped um he has a pretty good chance to be on the roster i don't i don't know about a starter um definitely see him having a a pretty good chance of being a reserve and just to throw it out there as you kind of mentioned all the 
big-time players that were in the Eastern Conference that now went to the Western Conference. Can you imagine what that roster is going to look like and how many great players in the West that are going to be oh left God. off? Like, you know, like somebody, somebody like Damian Lillard's always left off the Western Conference roster, and he should be an all-star every year, but it's only going to get worse. I mean, there's so many good players out in the West now. Uh, that's going to be something crazy to look at in February to see all the great players that are that are actually left off this roster. But for somebody like Perzingis, it, it certainly does help his, his chances of making it. And look, this guy has all-star ability. It's not just saying that the East got so weak, so yeah, they kind of don't have a choice to put Brzingis there. He, he, I think if he makes it, he's obviously going to deserve it. And there's, you know, guys that, you know, like uh, uh, Drummond, Kevin Love, uh, the Greek Freak, um, and the Greek Freak is probably going to start again in it. Um, but there, sure. there's still some good big men that, that will definitely um, have some votes and, and, and a high chance as well as making that roster. So this is something that I'm not going to say is going Miles to be. Miles Turner in Indiana is going to yeah. yep. score a lot of points. Yep. Um, and you know, that guy is only getting – he gets better each and every game. Um, high energy yeah. guy. So, um, yeah, basically you're. I'm not saying that it's going to be a cakewalk for Brzingis. There, there are still some talented guys that are going to be in the running for those spots. But, um, you know, look, I, we talked about it on the show before. We want to see a big jump for Przingis this year. We're not necessarily going to call it a, a make-or-break year quite yet. Um, but it's an important year. And for him to make an all-star team, that would be a pretty pretty nice jump. Um, and it's something that I definitely would like to see. And I think... You know, like we said, I think he has a pretty solid chance. Uh, it depends, as we mentioned before, how his post game is. Because if he's strictly a jump shooter, then you know he's going to have stretches where he is lights out and stretches where he he's not. So, um, you know, I think as we mentioned, we keep mentioning the the West is where all the talent is, and just it's just making me think. I know the All Star Weekend is so far away, but. Um, you know, if you think about the all-star game itself, it's always the Western Conference that wins, but my goodness, I, I don't think there's going to be any close all-star games anytime soon, just now that we're kind of talking a little bit about the uh, the all-star game. It's just making me think, man, the West is just going to continue to dominate as I'm looking at some of these big guys here. But again, it, it's not a cakewalk for him. Um, I'm not even going to say I, absolutely he'll be on the all-star r- roster. That's not the case, but... If he develops the way that we, we are hoping that he is in year three, if that post game comes along, then he certainly will get his first All Star appearance. The potential is obviously there, um, but it, it's something that we'll just have to wait and see. And now, also something that um, that involves Perzingis is the FIBA uh, Europe basketball tournament that's going on right now. Um, the FIBA Americans one just ended. The United States team that was coached by Jeff Van Gundy, uh, they just won. They beat Argentina. They were losing pretty bad in that game. I think by 20 points, but made a comeback and, and won it. But, Chip, have you been watching any of uh, Przingis in the Europe tournament? I have. I have, yeah. It hasn't been easy. The timing, mm-hmm. the time difference, that made it easy. 
But I've been watching. Yeah, you got to get to watch the, of course, on the stream on your computer and everything. But yeah, uh, you know, it's been. I'm actually releasing a feature tomorrow about how this uh, Eurobasket has been the highlight of the off season for the Knicks, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The uh, just the performance of Porzingis and Billy Hernan Gomez and Mendagas Kuzmentis. It's just been. I strongly advertise all Knicks fans to check it out. Porzingis has just been remarkable. Yep. And he's been, you know, we were just talking about his stats. He's he's uh, the third leading scorer. He's tied with uh, Bulls rookie Larry Markkinen in Finland. Mm-hmm. He's really taken over the show. I mean, he's only behind, I think, uh, Schroeder from the Hawks and Lauren Dragic from uh, the Heat. So, yeah, uh, he's had, as you would imagine, a bunch of highly real plays, and you can find them on social media. Uh, I think Eva posted them to their official Twitter account. But, yeah, uh, it's just been really entertaining watching him in a, you know, on a winning team. Watching him win games has been very entertaining. Yep. and watching Billy Hernan Gomez play for a team that's blowing teams out too, and play with like the Gasol brothers and you know Ricky Rubio, it's just been really entertaining to watch. It really has. Yeah, I see. Porzingis is averaging, like you said, he's third. He's averaging twenty-four points, uh, about six rebounds a game at five point seven. I would like the rebounds to go up a little bit. Um, just, I know I'm being a little picky. Those numbers are still good, but. I would like his rebounds to go up a little bit. His last game against Great Britain in 26 minutes, he scored 28 points and eight rebounds. So that's a highly productive game. His probably his best game, and he just came off the a game against Belgium where he had 27 points. So, um, and like as you mentioned, guys like Hern Gomez and Kaminskis are playing in it, and they're playing well, and that that's great to see. And this kind of tournament, I think has it's good and it's bad the only reason why i would say it's bad is just with the knicks luck uh, i'm sorry i just got to talk about this dark cloud that always seems to go over our franchise but um <laughs> one of the it just scares me to see him on the floor what if he lands on somebody's foot and has an that that's the knicks injury or, or, or the luck the, an injury to one of our star players is just something that every time they're on the floor playing in these kind of games i know that risk is there anytime you're playing basketball but you can't help but cringe. I mean, that's one thing I think about but watching it. But at the same time, there's plenty of good. One, they're getting ready for the regular season. They're getting their confidence up, like you said, Chip. Um, they're playing for good winning teams. So when you have the the chance to win, you feel pretty good about yourself after you know the last season with the Knicks when you don't win as much. Uh, Carmel Anthony talks about it a lot when he plays with Team USA. It's just great to have a, yeah, a winning winning. Exactly. Yeah, that winning feeling again, and it does a lot for the confidence. Um, you mentioned Hern Gomez being able to play with the Gasol brothers, which is just it's, it's awesome because both of those guys are outstanding players, and to learn from those guys, it's only going to make Hern Gomez better. Um, so that that's a huge, huge gain. And, um, you know, I think the main thing that they get from this, and they're playing so well, is just confidence. Um, I talked about this on the show before. I mean, I think uh, the London Olympics, Carmelo Anthony had such a big Olympics, and then, you know, he balled out in 2013. 
So when you get these guys playing as well as they are, it's a confident boost, and it could help propel them into the season. Would you agree with that, Chip? You know, the, the level that all these guys are playing at right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge confidence boost. Especially you look at Kuzminska mm-hmm. and all the minutes he's getting. He didn't get anything close to that kind of minute in, uh, during the Knicks regular season. So, and he's getting more shots, too, than he did last year. I think it's huge for him because uh, if he gets his number called upon, he's going to be, uh, I think, well, all three of them are going to be warmer than the guys who aren't in-game, in competitive game action right now. So I think it's good for him. I mean, because Kuz, uh, Billy and KP know where they are right now. They're mm-hmm. in the rotation. Yep. Kuz is going to be fighting for a spot. So I think it's huge for him. Yep. Definitely agree with you there. And as I'm looking at the numbers a little bit more, for Porzingis, um, you know, he's shooting the three ball pretty efficiently, 46%. He's 6 of 13, so nearly at 50%. Uh, one thing I love to see is he's 88% from the free throw line. And we talked about him having to get to the free throw line more. And uh, prime exa- in that Belgium game, he got to the line 12 times. That right, th- If you can get to the line 12 times with your ability to shoot the basketball, who's going to stop you? You're going to have huge I watched that numbers. game. They had no answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just it's a highlight reel, one after another, with his put-back dunks or his running in transition and, and slamming it down. And then it's a block party as well because anybody that's trying to shoot over him right now has it slapped back down their throat. So, um, yeah, as you said, kind of piggybacking off of you, if you're a Nick fan and you haven't got a chance to watch uh, these, these guys play in this tournament, you, you absolutely have to because – they are playing very well, and it, hopefully it can carry on into the season. If they if they can play, and obviously it's not the NBA. So, you know, are you going to see um, this easy of a time for Brzingis? No. Or, or Heron Gomez, obviously. But, you know, hopefully they can carry this into the regular season because maybe they can be a little bit better than we thought. Um, if, especially, I think, again, if it falls on the shoulders of Brzingis, if he can – Watching that Belgium game, and I know it's Belgium, but you know you get to the line twelve times, and that's the that's the key. That's just playing big, and like you just said, Chip, there's no answer, and there you can't stop somebody that has his his ability. Why he's getting to the free throw line? It reminds me of somebody like uh, Demar Derozan. Why does Derozan put up such big numbers? Because it's not because he's a terrific shooter. Uh, he's not. He, he's average mid-range shooter but he gets to the free throw line about 12 times a game and he hits his free throws so um, looking at those numbers right there that's pretty impressive and these guys are certainly playing at a high level but with that being said we are going to wrap up this segment and when we come back we're going to be picking our center in the nick ultimate team which kind of hinted last week we chip and i thought is there anybody else we can really pick Probably not, but you'll hear our pick in just a second. We'll be back after the break. Hello, everybody. Matt Castillo, the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. It is now time for our Nick Ultimate Team segment. Uh, for those who 
might be new to the show, what we have been doing over the last several weeks is we've been picking, Chip and I both have taken uh, selections for a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, and a or power forward next, and now we're up to our center pick. And it has to be a former Nick. It can't just be an all-time team. It, it has to be anybody that's ever put on a Nick uniform and that plays that position can be picked. So, again, you can check out our Twitter page at NYKSOM Podcast. Um, pretty soon we will be having a Facebook page as well where you can see all our graphics, but you can see who we have picked thus far. Um, but with that being said, once again, this is no shocker, but Chip, who did you pick? I picked the only pick, uh, the number one overall pick in the 1985 NBA draft, Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. The Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star, 7-time All-NBA, 3-time All-Defense, Rookie of the Year. Uh, he has nearly every record imaginable, the leader in every category mm-hmm. for the Knicks. He has the lead in games played, minutes played. He's the leader in field goals, uh, field goals attempted, obviously. Uh He's a leader in rebounds and steals blocks. Uh, he's got everything. So he is unquestionably the best center in team history. He's one of the best centers of all time. And it's crazy to consider anybody else. The team traded him in 2000 in one of the most disgusting moves in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And that put a curse on the franchise because they've been – disgustingly awful ever since. <laughs> yep. And uh, Chip, I'm shocked. We do have a difference here. This is not the guy I was thinking. Um, don't you remember Samuel D'Alembert? He's obviously <laughs> the greatest Nick Center of all time. The genius Phil Jackson brought him in. Like I thought this was a pretty easy one, and you took Patrick Ewing over Samuel D'Alembert? Are you... You feeling okay, Chip? I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was thinking. I Duh. remember Phil talking about how his passing was going to fit perfectly into the triangle, and it was seamless. I mean, seamless transition. Exactly, and it's either Samuel <laughs> Dalembert or Joakim Noah. That's that's those are the two <laughs> obvious guys. I just don't don't understand what you're thinking. Um, now, fans, I am kidding, of course. Um, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. That was a, a a bad joke, just for a little humor. Try to change it up a little bit because, again, this is an obvious one. If you do not pick Patrick Ewing for this spot, there's something wrong with you. Uh, the guy was Mr. Nick, basically. Uh, it's a shame that he's never got the chance to win a championship. He's come close with the Knicks uh, several times. Um, that that '94 Finals, I blame O.J. Simpson because. That game six, they were winning, and then the OJ chase came on, and then we weren't winning. So I blame him um, for for losing that finals, even though I was like six months old. I still blame him. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this guy is 11-time All-Star, six-time uh, NBA All-Second team. He was once a first team, uh, member of the Dream Team, uh, Rookie of the Year in 1986. This guy was everything, uh, just played with so much passion and intensity and just gave it everything that he got. And even with those bad knees that he had, still just always went out and played at such a high level. 
and, and the guy was just a winner. And one thing I never understood, Chip, is the Knicks have had a lot of assistant coaches over the years. And, you know, after Patrick Ewing's playing days were over, he became an assistant coach. Uh, he's coached with um, the Washington Wizards, the Rockets, uh, the Orlando Magic, and more recently he was with the Charlotte Bobcats and Hornets. And now he's the head coach at Georgetown University, so I wish him the best of luck. And I'll definitely be watching some Georgetown basketball this year because, you know, Patrick Ewing is the man, and I want to see him win. But one thing that has always bothered me is the Knicks never gave him an assistant coaching job. I mean, Chip, do you think that – are you with me on that? How crazy is that? How you, 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 you give Kurt Rambis – an assistant coaching job, but you wouldn't give Patrick Ewing, an all-time great Nick, who who knows a lot about basketball, and the Knicks never hired him as an assistant. Can you can you believe that, Chip? When you brought the coaching thing, I was like, I, I was going to ask you about this. I was like, this has always bugged me because you know James Dolan, the owner, obviously had the big falling out with Jeff Van Gundy when Van Gundy quit. So everybody has their own theory on the Patrick Ewing thing. And my theory on it is I think James Dolan just didn't want the job because he's a Jeff Van Gundy guy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same reason he doesn't want to give Mark Jackson the job because Mark Jackson is buddies with Jeff Van Gundy. Mm -hmm. And James Dolan hates Jeff Van Gundy and he doesn't want Van Gundy guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's that simple. And he also doesn't want to hire Patrick Ewing because he knows the fans all hate him so much. So what if at some point he needs to fire Patrick Ewing? (laughs) (laughs) But we looked at even worse. I mean, yeah, I I think it's, I think my theory on it always was he just hated Jeff Van Gundy associated with Patrick Ewing with Jeff Van Gundy because the Van Gundy brothers gave Patrick Ewing his start in coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how he he coached in Houston under Jeff and then in Orlando under Stan. Yep. So he didn't want to help out a Van Gundy guy. That's what I thought. You know, and, and you know it's pretty bad when even us, Steve Clifford, the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, said every year basically that there were some open spots and assistant coaching and Patrick Ewing always tried to put his name in for it and never got an interview, yeah. never got considered. Steve Clifford even commented on it by saying the Knicks are crazy and out of their mind for not even considering Patrick Ewing as an assistant coach. Steve Clifford, former Knicks assistant, by the way, under Van Gundy. Yeah, I didn't know that, actually. So I did not know that. Um, But he even said that they're crazy for not giving him a chance. And it's, you know, of course I wouldn't want – Patrick Ewing to go because I want him on my coaching staff, but I would completely understand um, him leaving for the Knicks, and, and they're foolish for not doing it. It's basically what he was saying. So I, I just, again, how do you treat an all-time great but not even giving him a chance to be on the Knicks coaching staff? And Kurt Rambis, I mean, that's over Patrick Ewing? Come on. Um you know, all time great. Just, and, and I think that's what the Knicks are missing. Again, Chip, we talk about this all the time. The Knicks are soft. Do you think Patrick Ewing would sit back and watch this this group go out there and play sissy basketball like they do? I don't think so. I think he would be all over him like he was his teammates. Go back and watch the old footage from the '90s and, and him screaming and pulling his players' jerseys 
um, or, you know, his teammates' jerseys and jacking them up and screaming at them, getting them intense. Um, you know, I think that's the, what he would bring to the team. I think the Knicks are foolish from letting him go. And again, uh, Georgetown did a great job uh, of finding their next head coach because I think he's going to have success. It might not be something that happens overnight because Georgetown has kind of struggled in basketball over the last few years. Um, but with him being there, I guarantee you in a few years, Georgetown's going to be a winning program. Would you agree with that, Chip? I definitely agree with that. I think, yeah, you're right. They have struggled recently, but they have a long history of success. And if anyone's going to bring back that history, it's going to be like a, a legendary former player. Mm-hmm. So I think he has, he's a good bet to help them out, for sure. He's definitely going to help even sell some tickets. Everybody's going to be so excited to buzz around a, a great player. Like Patrick Ewing, There's obviously be a lot of buzz for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, again, he played his college ball at Georgetown, won a national championship yep. with them in 1984. He doesn't want to talk about what happened in 1985. Um, a lot of people <laughs> don't understand that to this day. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Villanova somehow upset Georgetown in that NCAA uh, championship game, and I believe Villanova missed two shots in the second half. That's it. They just they would not yeah. miss. So that's how that upset happened. But that's all the time we have for today. Now, next week would be the final Ultimate Team segment where Chip and I are going to pick our, a reserve player. So anybody that's ever put on um, the Knicks uniform, it could be any position, don't matter. Um, that that would be uh, next week. And, again, we want to hear from you guys as we're dwindling down our picks. We want to hear some of your guys ultimate team to see how we stack up against you guys so give us a tweet at nyksom podcast again that's on twitter and we will be back next week for another episode of the next state of mind podcast